Welcome to the NACA American Dream Program. Each week, we'll talk about how NACA is revolutionizing mortgage lending with the best mortgage in America. Let me tell you this. It's no down payment, no closing cost or fees, no PMI, no consideration of your credit score. And guess what? It's at a below market fixed rate. We'll talk about how NACA is stabilizing strong neighborhoods through affordable homeownership. NACA is relentless. And how about how NACA fights for economic justice against predatory and discriminatory lending for over 30 years? Did I say it again? NACA's just relentless. This is the NACA way. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back for another another show of NACA's American Dream Program. I'm just amazed and happy to be back. It's always good to be on here because we're helping and NACA's just relentless. We're telling people about mortgages, how to get one in spite of a, a 480 credit score, in spite of not having a whole lot of funds, in spite of all these things. But I always want to welcome a dear friend over there in Texas, Internet. What's going on over there? How y'all doing out there? Hey, 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 out there in the land of NACA. We are here today. It is a beautiful day here at NACA. It's a beautiful day to be out looking for a home. It's a beautiful day to just be out and be able to say, you know what, we survived the pandemic. We're still surviving. We're out there doing what we know to do. And that's put our best foot forward to do good in the neighborhoods and in the land of NACA, where the interest rate on a 30-year fix is 2.125 and on a 15-year is 1.5. This is the day that you can realize your dream. I feel like Oprah by saying you get a house and you (laughs) we gotta make it happen. But Damien, we got some interesting things in store for this hour. This is the power hour. I like calling it the power hour because we have that by popular demand. Drum roll, Damien. Who do we have today? Hey, we got the man, the man with the plan, the knowledge, and all the know-how of NACA. Mr. NACA himself, Eric Exum, is back to continue yeah. our conversation from last week. So if you have any questions, I'm sure some of you guys are already putting questions in, but 833-771-0500. Again, that number is 833-771-0500. And Jeanette, I know you are already inundated with questions for Eric. So let's get started. Absolutely. And don't forget, we are live on Facebook right now. So throw up some hearts for our Facebook community out there. Throw them hearts up. Let us know you're hearing us. And don't forget, we're on uh, Twitter and Instagram right now. So, you know, let the questions come in. Eric has decided he's going to bless us again by bringing, and and Eric is a really busy person. We're talking about the national director um, for the mortgage services. So there's a lot that goes on into that. There's underwriting, there's quality analysis, there's quality control. There's so much that goes into it. And I'm just so happy that due to all of the questions, and we've been getting questions every single day, that's never happened before. So it it just shows us that what he said was so powerful and it resonated to so many people. We didn't have a choice, Eric. We had to invite you back. We thank you for coming and you know, taking some time out of your busy day to come back and ask those questions. I'm going to hit the ground rolling. But first, I want to ask you, how are you? And thank you. Oh, I'm great. And um, it's, it's a pleasure to be back. I look forward to it. I was, I've been looking forward to it. You know, uh-huh. we're all here for the same reason, to help our members get through the process. So I'm going to do my best. There's no question that's, that's off limits. I will answer anything that's asked. And my goal is to 
simplify the complex, right? Just make, give you the direct answer so you can make it through the process. Thank you. And, wow. and ladies, I'm going to tell you up front because this is the third time we didn't got asked about Eric. I'm going to tell you up front, ladies. Yes, he is handsome. I know y'all see him on Facebook. He is very handsome. We get that, but he he ain't single. So for the third time, we had three people ask, is he single or what? My answer is he he's not single and what? So, you know, we going to leave that alone. So this is like, I just got another question about that. So we didn't top that up. We going to X that. We done with that. Eric, why do we need underwriting? One of the questions is why does underwriting have to be so intense? Do if we, if I've given all the information to the counselor, the counselor has verified everything, checked everything out. Why does this process have to dig so deep and all the explanations for my name? I got a P in my name. I got a T in my name. Is it a P or a T? You know, why is that so critical? It's, it's a very fair question. And the reason it's so critical is because NACA wants to make sure we get that second set of eyes on your individual file before we get over to the bank. Remember, if in the qualification process, we dot all the I's, cross all the T's and get it right, we do that before you spend money. So I know there's an emotional investment in telling your story, putting together your credit asset income documents, you know, overcoming the hurdles that you might have had in the past. But it's really important that before you spend that money on inspections, before you cut a check for due diligence or earnest money, that we've double checked. Like I said last week, once we send your file to the bank, once you are credit access approved through the NACA underwriting, Unless there's a property issue, you will get that loan. So our underwriting department makes sure that you're going to get the loan. Awesome, awesome. I got one crazy question that everybody's always asking. We have been talking about multifamily so much, and a lot of people just wasn't aware that this was a part of NACA. So if I qualify for a single family home, what do I have to do to go back to now qualify? What does that process look like to now qualify for a multifamily home? Yeah, I, I think I mentioned last week that multifamily is not for every everyone. Mm -hmm. The first thing you're going to want to do is take a class for the jurisdiction that you're buying in. Every state and some counties even and cities have different laws and requirements to be a landlord. So, for example, I think I mentioned, you know, in, in some cold states, if the if your tenant's heat goes out, you have X amount of time, 24 hours, 48 hours to get that heat back on. You need to know that before you go into a multifamily. You have to also make sure that you take these courses and understand if you have the time commit time available to commit to managing multifamily. A multifamily really is a small business. <laughs> Finally, the criteria for NACA is that you have enough reserves. So after you close, after you spend the money to close, and, and there's no down payment, no closing costs, but you do have to have money for taxes, insurance, and interim interest to close. And then if you choose to buy owner's title coverage, you have to have the money for that. And then some, if you buy into a homeowner's association, you know, there are some external fees for the property association itself, co-op, condo, and that wouldn't apply to multifamily, just to make sure everybody understands. Those are the costs to close. With a multifamily, you would then need reserves. So if you were buying a duplex, so two units, you would need four times the total principal interest tax insurance, total PITI payment in the bank after you close. So for easy math, if your total PITI was $5,000 a month, you'd have to have $20,000 in the bank. 
If you are buying a three family, you need to have five months reserves. So you'd have to have 25,000 in the same circumstances, $5,000 a month PITI. If you're buying a four family, you'd have to have $30,000. Anything beyond a four family is no longer residential. So you can only do you know, two, three, or four family for multifamily purchase. You can also Great. do mixed use, which is part business. So it has mm-hmm. to be on the ground level. Mm-hmm. It could be a barbershop, something like that in the bottom. And then you have a residence on the top or behind it. It's also I know a lot of people didn't know that we did mixed use. Some didn't even know we did multifamily. And a lot didn't know that we did mixed use, Eric. Do we get a lot of clients in that, that are looking for, or members in that are looking for mixed use? A fair number. So a lot is relative. Um, there's a good number, particularly in the New York, Chicago, you know, in the major cities. We're seeing a lot more in um, Philly requests lately. Um, we've seen them in, in California over, over the years. Um, so certain cities, so I would say a lot in certain cities and not so many in other cities. So, you know, I'd love to see more in, you know, Atlanta, you know, downtown Atlanta, that kind of thing, where a lot of our members are, are purchasing. One of the questions wow. that have come in and Facebook family, thank you. I'm throwing up my hearts for you right now because I thank you for your questions. They are coming in on Facebook, eVoice and the like. One of the questions that are coming in right now is qualification valid for six months or 90 days? I saw on a video where someone said that the qualification is now only good for 90 days. Before you answer that, Eric, to that Facebook person that is putting that question out, thank you, because there's a lot of misinformation out there across social media about NACA. And to get the information correct, the right source and the first source you should you should seek out is NACA's official Facebook page. Look for NACA's official Facebook page to give you that information that you need. But Eric, for qualifications, what is the, the real answer? Yep. So I'll, I'll give you the long and the short answer. So I, I want to add to your official you know, NACA Facebook page. Also, go to NACA.com. The, 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 the long answer I'm going to say is because NACA always looks to do what we do better. So if we figure out a better way to do it, we will change our criteria. We'll change you know, what we're doing from one day to the next. So both people were correct at one point. So it used to be 90 days, but we have changed it to allow the qualification to be good for six months. And it says it right on the qualification letter, mm-hmm. the qualification form that you receive. Now, I don't, re- you know, I don't recommend letting your qualification expire before you keeping your documents updated. Mm-hmm. So basically you can, you can keep your file updated to where your qualification virtually never expires. You just have to keep in touch with your mortgage counselor and make sure that you keep, you know, when you write your check for, for rent, make sure you upload that to your, to your NACA web file. When you, you know, pay, get your asset statements, your bank statements, upload those, your pay statements and so on. So if you keep your file updated and nothing changes, you know, you'll officially requalify every six months but you'll know if your qualification is still valid, meaning you can go straight to credit access if nothing's changed and you've kept your file completely updated. Wow, that's good to know. That's very good to know because I didn't know it had changed to six months as well. So this is good information. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna toggle back and forth from the calls to Facebook. (laughs) So the next caller question is, um, I've been qualified and I, I am keeping no, I was keeping my information updated. However, 
why would I get new conditions that I have to requalify? I think it's similar to the question that was just asked. So if the qualification expires or if anything changes. So if your counselor has a new credit report and there's new liabilities out there Mm. or your liabilities grew, you know, that will impact your savings pattern requirement, um, your payment shock requirement. If, you know, if you've updated your income statement and your income has changed, you know, if it's if your income has gone up, your qualification can go up. If it's gone down, now you really want to talk to your mortgage counselor because your qualification amount will likely change to go down. Okay. Wow. Thank you. Next question, Eric. Darlene. Darlene is asking, I was told by my NACA advisor, I must have 5,200 for my next step. I now have 3,200 and it's taken me a while to get the other, the remaining 2,000. Is this going to hinder my next step of being qualified? It will because the minimum required funds you need to qualify you know, like, like we talked about earlier, when Damien asked mm-hmm. the first question, it was a great question. Um, you want to make sure that you have what you need before you spend money on inspections or getting a contract. If in this case, Darlene, you need 5200 to be able to get through the process for the reserves we talked about, your prepaids, which are taxes, insurance, interim interest, you may need to, you may need to do an interest rate buy down to get to the payment that you need to qualify for the house that you want to purchase. So make sure you have your funds in place first before you get into contract. If your counselor says your minimum required funds are 5,200, then you do want to put those in place. Now, the great part of minimum required funds is they can come from any non-borrowed source. So it can't be borrowed funds. It can't be your student loan or even um, the PPP loans lately. People are trying to submit for those. So it can't be that. But it could be a gift from family. It could be tax returns. It could be the stimulus, which you don't have to repay. Um, so there, there, the source can be from anywhere that's not borrowed. But if your counselor does tell you fifty two hundred is your minimum required funds, you'll want to save that. And you know, Darlene, hang in there because that for true low moderate income people, that's why we don't have you know required closing costs. That's why there's no down payment. We absolutely understand that we don't have tens of thousands of dollars you know, coming into homeownership, if you're a true low moderate income person, generally speaking, you know, you won't have that, that kind of money. So you'll work with your counselor for a savings plan. So you can either save it up from your regular income. A lot of people do a side hustle or take a second job just until they get enough money to buy a house. And then don't, you know, you don't have to sustain it, you know, to put that money together quick, quicker. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is a challenge putting together enough money um, to get qualified. But NACA is the program that requires the least amount of cash up front to get into a mortgage. And remember, though, that the money that they are requiring is not a down payment. These are your prepaid. It's Correct. not a down payment. And so, reserves. You get to keep. Um, you're going to keep some of the money that you were required to save. Correct. Because, guys, going into homeownership, things happen, right? It's almost yeah. like Murphy's Law. When you buy the house, you have to make sure you have a little bit of extra money in case that hot water heater goes in the first couple of months. And you also have to adjust to the to the cost of maintenance in a house. You know, you usually buy more space than you rent. So utility bills often go up, you know, heating, air conditioning. Um, you, yeah. you nowadays, it's hard to find, you know, housing close to jobs. So your vehicle expenses might go up. How much yeah. are you paying for gasoline? So make sure you have a little bit of extra money, you know, set aside to adjust to the new cost of homeownership. 
Wow, that's, that's something really to think about. Um, Eric, I do have an infamous one, the appraisal. When is it ordered? How long does it take? What do you do if you don't see it? All of those questions, because it's very integral, especially from a real estate standpoint, when you put in there, you're supposed to get it back in 25 days and you're on 21, 22. And you know, I've been told by some, it's only ordered once you do bank application. I was told by some, it's ordered when the file is, you know, the contract is uploaded to the file. What really goes on with that? Because <laughs> it, it's integral. I love the way you ask these questions, and I so appreciate that you're trying to get your, your listeners out there direct and clear answers, because you're exactly right. There's a lot of misinformation. The appraisal gets ordered as soon as the mortgage counselor receives your per- fully executed purchase and sales contract and mm-hmm. completes the data entry in our proprietary software called NACA Links. So you have to get the contract. And you can send that. So your real estate agent can send it in through the NACA portal at NACA.com. You can send it in as a as the member through your web file. You can you know send deliver it to the NACA office, and we can upload it from there using the kiosks that we have at the office. So once we receive it, and the data entry is put in. The appraisal is immediately ordered. Now it could be another week. Or so before we actually send a 1003, which which is a loan application, that's Fannie Mae Form 1003, which is actually your application to apply for the loan through our participating lender. You know, a week or 10 days can go by in between, but we've already ordered your appraisal the minute we had your fully executed contract and did the data entry on it. Now, for appraisal delivery, that ranges on where you are. So typically, you know, in most of our markets, we're getting our appraisals back in just under two weeks. And I know that's a long time and it's different than it used to be, but there is a shortage of appraisers in the industry right now. So for most of our markets, there are some markets like um, Tampa, Florida area, San Antonio, Texas area, where it's taking a bit longer, you know, three weeks and sometimes more. What's really important is that you work with your counsel and you look on your web file, the lender provides us the estimated time of delivery that makes sure your real estate agent knows that date so they can negotiate with the sellers. Good agents out there, well, I shouldn't say good, um, experienced agents, they know what's going on with the appraisal, with their market, and for how long it takes to get appraisals in certain markets. So someone in San Antonio is going to understand that that's what it takes, because it takes that long, not just with NACA, but with any lender they're working with out there. So um, wow. this communication is everything about the appraisal delivery. Thank you. That that's good information. Good to know. And a for sale by owner or a seller, they I mean, is I think it's kind of the most difficult part is the sellers are not willing to understand. I mean, do you see that on your side of the business, Eric? Um, you know, for sale by owner can go either way. Um, so I like working directly with the owner. Mm-hmm. It typically eliminates the real estate agent on the seller side. Um, and sometimes agents are, are incredibly helpful on the seller side. And sometimes, you know, if they don't respond or answer their phone, they can be in the way. The seller is generally 100% motivated. You know, agents, you know, and I don't want to say anything bad about agents because agents, you know, are the lifeblood of this industry and they really do a good job in general. But somebody who's trying to sell their own property, it's nice to be able to interact with them directly. They're generally a little bit more willing to give the extra time to get what's needed because they understand they didn't hire an agent. You know, they're usually trying to save a few dollars by not having an agent. 
Most for sale by owners, I see the buyer or member already lives in the property or has what's called a non-arm's length relationship with the seller, meaning they know the seller outside of the transaction itself. Gotcha. Anytime there's that kind of transaction, it's to make sure everybody knows we're going to do something a little bit different for um, when you're buying the house that you already live in. We're going to do something a little bit different with your rental payments. We can't use a verification of rent from a seller because they have a vested interest in the transaction moving forward. So you will have to document that you're paying rent through 12 months of canceled checks or electronic payments or, or you know, showing in your bank statements where you were drawn, drawn the money for 12 consecutive months to make the rent payment. So just yeah. keep that in mind. But for mo- you're right, you're right. For a sale by owner can even either make it more complex or more simple. Yeah. Um, well, and generally the- I see those when they already live in the property. Right. Right. Gary, what if the for sale by owner doesn't want to pay the commission because they're the ones, the, the seller is the one that usually pays the commission to the buyer's agent and the seller's agent. And a lot of times they do for sale by owner, so they won't have to do commission. So how does that affect our buyer if the seller is saying, I don't want to pay a commission? Who now pays the commission? Yeah, again, great questions, Damien. So um, there could be no agents involved. So in the in the situation that we see most where the person already lives in the property, NACA can help set up where our settlement agent, the one who's going to perform the closing, they write up or help you with the purchase sales contract. So you don't have to have agents involved. And then the member is going to have to do a bit more work, though. You're going to have to schedule your own inspections. You're going to have to do a lot more research about and work with your counselor on a few more things about how to really make sure the property end of the transaction goes well. So I you can save a few about, dollars. Yeah, I want to talk um, about this in a, in a minute. So, yeah, we got to go to run the break. Thank you guys for the NACA's American Dream program. We'll see you back shortly. And we'll finish up this question because this is a good one, a hot topic. Thank yeah. you. Do you want to know why NACA is the best mortgage in America? Let's hear why from NACA homeowners themselves. My name is Taylor Lewis. Um, I am a NACA homeowner, but it was a smooth process. My realtor, I did use a NACA realtor. I would definitely recommend it to anyone that wants to be a homeowner. Um, And it's just a great program. To find out how NACA can make your dream of owning your home a reality, visit us at NACA.com. Are you tired of paying astronomical prices in rent? Do you think owning your own home is an impossible dream because you can't afford a down payment or have a bad credit score? Welcome to NACA. We're revolutionizing mortgage lending with the best in America mortgage. No down payment, no closing costs or fees, no PMI, no consideration of your credit score, and at a below market fixed rate. For more than 30 years, NACA has been in the forefront stabilizing communities through affordable home ownership for low to moderate income working people. To find out more information about NACA, visit us at NACA.com. That's N-A-C-A dot com. Do you want to make a difference in your community and help build a stronger neighborhood? Become an active force locally as an activist. Create long-lasting changes in your community with the full support of NACA, one of the largest national nonprofit organizations fighting for economic justice. NACA's success is based on the active participation of over 2 million members advocating for affordable homeownership and economic justice. To learn more about NACA and how you can join a NACA to fight for economic justice in your neighborhood, visit NACA.com today. 
Are you a passionate individual driven by purpose and deeply committed to social justice causes? Then NACA is looking for you. NACA is a national nonprofit organization fighting for economic justice through affordable home ownership and community advocacy. Positions are now available for working remotely or from local NACA offices nationwide. To learn more about all the careers available, visit NACA.com careers or for questions, you can mail us at jobs at NACA.com or call 617-250-6222, extension 1215. Welcome back. Welcome back to NACA's American Dream Program. I'm telling you, you guys are missing an awesome, awesome show. We have a second time with Eric Exum. He has taken time out of his busy schedule to talk to us. And I'm not going to hold it up anymore because we still have a lot of questions and we have to finish the question that we were doing before break. Um, Eric, do you want to go ahead and continue that? Repeat. Can we repeat the question, Damian? What was it? Yeah, the, the question was, if someone is selling a for sale by owner and I now go to them, I really like the house, I want it, but the seller is saying, Mm-mm, I'm not paying the agent, that's why I'm not getting one. What now are the options of the buyer I knack a member when the seller doesn't want to pay the commission? So I'll briefly recap. Um, so if there are no agents involved, there's no commission, of course, but there's a lot more work for the buyer to do around the property. Inspections, even just doing the research of knowing what type of inspections for the different area, flood certs, you know, so they'll have to work a lot more with their counselor and, you know, do their own homework. If it's a for sale by owner, there's not a listing agent. So that side does not have to be paid. The typical commission, um, in the country right now ranges from two to 3% per side of the purchase and sales price. So a buyer where it's a for sale by owner can hire an agent to, to represent them. And if the seller is not paying for agents because they're doing it as a fail sale by owner, a buyer can pay for that out of pocket. It can get expensive though. Like I said, it's typically to be two to 3% of the purchase and sales price. So for easy math, if it's, you know, uh, if it's a hundred thousand dollar house, you know, three percent of a hundred thousand dollars is three thousand dollars. Okay, okay, that's that's awesome to know um, because a lot of times you do have these houses and you don't want them to be limited. But just knowing that, hey, buyer, if you don't have, if they don't want to pay them, then you're going to be responsible for paying the agent. Now, strange question is they probably want to get somebody because. Who's doing the contract if neither one of them has, I mean, who's writing up everything? So we can take care of that. Um, So we hire a settlement agent, or actually the the buyer chooses a settlement agent. So depending on where you're in the country, now this is either escrow officer, it's an attorney or a title company. And they have, and there's standard contracts for different states, jurisdictions, counties, cities. So they'll generally pull a standard contract Put the additional, they, they all, the NACA settlement agents or the NACA approved settlement agents, the vendors we work with, they all know the criteria we require, like the settlement ha- ha- must be at the NACA office, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And they'll put it in the contract and they can write it up. So you can absolutely do this without agents. As you intimated, and as I said, it requires a lot more from the member and the MC. So it, for most people, they find it worth their while to hire the agent. But for the member who asked earlier, who was putting together the money and had to put together the 5,200, and it would take a long time to put additional money, yeah. that's somebody who can find that savings in doing their homework, doing the research, getting their 
their MC really involved, getting the settlement agent really involved, and they can avoid the commission altogether. Yeah, good information. Good but information. just the key fact that the buyer doesn't pay traditionally the commission, just so everybody knows, the seller is the one that pays the, your, your agent's commission. So it's not oh, always- That's exactly right. Traditionally, the commissions are paid from the proceeds from the seller's side. So it's, mm -hmm. it's usually built into the price. And uh, to your point, that's why I said a lot of people do for sale by owner. They can get a lower price. They have, they don't have to pay the commissions. Um, so both sides can save money, but you're exactly right. Commissions are negotiable. So technically, a, although it's traditional for the seller's side to pay the commissions, they can negotiate the buyer side to pay it. And that's the kind of crazy things we're seeing mm -hmm. in the market where, you know, there's a lack of inventory and it's a quote unquote seller's market. Now, NACA will not allow that. We'll only allow the buyer to pay a commission in the circumstance of a for sale by owner when there is a savings to the borrower in other areas, usually purchase price. Just wow. say it a different way. And I don't, you know, I'm sorry, I, and I say it a different way. We didn't build this program to have no down payment, no closing costs to the borrower, just so the it can be supplemented by the seller charging more fees to our borrowers. That's right. So we don't allow additional and non-traditional seller fees to the NACA borrower. I like the way yeah. you put that. Thank you. Simply Thank you. Yep. So I'm toggling back and forth. 823 <laughs> Eric is working us today. He's working the lines today and he's working. Let's see the hearts going up. And you guys keep them coming, but I'm going to toggle back and forth. Eric, you, earlier you tapped into the stimulus and the pandemic and how you can utilize those funds and things like that. Erica is asking a question here. And her question is, due to the pandemic and based on my job, I have been receiving stimulus. Can my stimulus be used as part of my income? I think I already know the answer to this, but I want you to answer it. And also, I am also receiving advanced child credit payments. Can that be included in my income for qualification for a higher amount? Good question, Erica. Yeah, it's a very good question. The short answer is no, because anything that you're including in income has to be something that is going to be there for the foreseeable future. For NACA, that's going to be, you know, reasonably project five years out. You know, so although nothing's guaranteed, you could lose your job in the next five years. You can, if you, you know, you could reasonably project that you'll still be employed in five years, you know, if nothing goes wrong. With a stimulus, that's, that has a short shelf life. So that's going to end soon. To say it another way, Erica, you don't want to count on money to make a mortgage payment that's not going to be there, you know, for the foreseeable future or for the long term of making the mortgage payment. NACA is all about long term affordable homeownership. You know, not just getting into the property, but being able to afford it comfortably over the long term. Now, with that, Eric, what about raises? Because if I got a raise, that's going to be for the foreseeable future. So if I got qualified on this amount and I just got a raise right after I got qualified, how or are we able to go back and use that to be requalified? Absolutely. We can absolutely. So we're always underwriting to current income. So if you got a raise last week and now your income has gone, gone up, we can underwrite to the increase in income because exactly as you said, wow. that's there for the foreseeable future, right? Uh, if you get a raise, it doesn't go back down in two years, three years, you know, theoretically it's gonna keep going up. So we can absolutely underwrite to the increase in income that you just received. 
Awesome. Hey, hearts for Eric on that one. <laughs> I know you're getting it. So Marcos is asking, is two years of W-2 is strict is strict requirement? Is it a strict requirement? If I've shown growth in my professional career, increase in income, and is stable for at least one year, do, do you think two years is, is strict? So, so there are circumstances where you don't need two years. So I'm going to back up a little bit and talk about different types of income. And, and you know, I'd love to talk to Marcos and understand why he's asking that. But generally, most of our members ha- are what's called wage owners. They receive a W-2. They receive, you know, they work for a company who issues pay stubs, W-2s, et cetera. For a 1003 mortgage application, if you're applying as a wage owner, you have to have at least a two-year history of income. Basically, you have, to, you, you have to have enough time in to really understand if being in the workforce is for you. Because at the end of the day, it's not for everybody. And some people work for a year, you know, or barely two, and then it just doesn't work out for them. You know, they go back to school, they, they just don't want to be in the workforce. So two years is the standard for somebody who's a W-2 wage earner. If though, if you've been, if you have one W-2, but the prior year you've been in higher education, been in college, and you can document that with your transcripts, we can use transcripts for the previous year and one year W-2. So you, you are building towards your career through education. You've been in your career for one year, and th- it doesn't matter what the career is, and, th- and you don't have to be, your education doesn't have to be related. So if you were studying labor industrial relations, you don't have to go into HR for us to, to use your current income. You know, you could be putting up drywall, and we'll use that for one year after you're out of college. Also, if you are self-employed in previous years, so if you have five years of self-employment, that didn't quite work out, and now you've had one year of W-2, we can use that because self-employment is employment. So we can use a self-employment history, add it to, to your one year. If what you're saying, though, is you've been in and out of work, and last year you didn't work at all to get a W-2 or the year before, you know, you do have to establish yourself back in the workforce before you're able to qualify. Wow. So short answer is yes, you know, we can we can work with just one year under circ- under particular circumstances. Um, but generally speaking, if you're a wage earner, we're looking for two years W-2s. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. And we're we're back to Erica again. She she called back in and um, <laughs> <laughs> she said uh, serious serious issues in life due to pandemic left medical profession due to emotional and physical overload just can't handle the environment any longer going through NACA program is my gleam of hope although I've changed income and the industry it seems like I'm starting over and it sounds like she didn't finish but it sounds like she's switching careers Eric she's left the medical industry and I want to say I see ED and I think she was letting me know she went into education or something else. When you change careers like that and your income is impacted, how does that affect your qualification? What a great question. And, and I love engaging with Erica. And I generally don't give my personal opinion about stuff. But I'm going to say kudos to Erica for taking care of her mental and physical health um, and putting that first. Now, having said that. We, NACA does not require you be in a specific industry for any amount of time to use that income. So 
NACA understands low moderate income people, we change industries all the time, right? I might go from working at the front desk of a hotel to realizing that the van drivers who come to that hotel make more money in tips and want to give that a try. And I want to get away from the front desk, do that for a year or two. And then I go into the food and beverage service for the same hotel or a different hotel or outside the hotel and do that for a year or two. You know, it's okay that people change industries and change jobs. The key is for there not to be significant gaps in employment in the most recent two years. So industry change is fine. You know, gaps might be an indicator that, you know, there'll be some challenges in sustaining your mortgage payment. Um, but you can have gaps in months 13 through 24. So in the most recent 12 months, you really don't want to have gaps in employment. But in the previous year, if you have gaps and they're explained and your current employment is stable, that's the key. Current employment is very stable. Then we can work with the one year with no gaps. Wow. Okay. Let me see if I can go faster because I know we're, we're, we're approaching a break. Uh, I'm going to state the question so we can get our answer, but I want Gia and Jamil to, to know we're coming back at you. But here's the question. Is it required to advise our counsel, your counselor if you want to buy single family or multi before you begin even looking or can, or can you decide once you found the property altogether? You know, you really need to advise your counselor before you start shopping. Focus is everything. And I'll, and I'll tell you straight, if home ownership isn't, you know, in your top three priorities right now, then, you know, then now is not the time to come through the process. You know, continue updating, continue with your budget, because that should be important in life anyway. Um, once you really know what your priorities are, because this process is not simple. No home buying process is. NACA's is unique in that we really engage our members to understand homeownership. And just like studying anything else, it really requires your focus right now. It doesn't have to be a long period of time of your focus to get into homeownership, but it is an intense period of time for your focus. Wow. So you really need to, and, and your real wow. estate agent should tell you the same. You really, when you're out there shopping, need to focus on what works for you. If you're somebody who right now hasn't decided yet whether you want single or multifamily, you really need to focus on shopping for single. And then only if that doesn't work out for you, you can't find what you're for out there, then focus on multifamily. And multifamily means different, right? It means two family, three family, or four family. I will tell you straight, a two family is a very different experience of purchase than a four family. It's not nearly as much work. There's a way I explain it to most people, and most people you know, have trouble grasping how much extra work it is. Think of each additional unit for, the, for those of us who are parents, like having another child. Oh, God. When I had my second child, it was, well, my wife and I, we had our second child. It was more than twice as hard as only having one child. You know, people, I figured, yeah, you know, if it's one extra kid, it'll be twice as hard. No, it was more than twice as hard. Right. And, and uh, buying additional units is just like that. You have now two sets of tenants or three sets of tenants. Really, a multifamily, four family purchase is like having a whole second job. Wow. A three family wow. job, you know, is like having, you know, a part time job that takes up, you know, a fair amount of your time and a duplex takes a lot less time. It is, you know, like having a part time job, but, you know, maybe an extra 10, 10 hours a week as opposed to the 20, 30, or 40. Wow. So, you so guys. I know we got to go to break. 
Yes, uh, NACA's American Dream Program. Stay tuned. We'll be back. Don't leave us. We got some more information coming. Thank you. Do you want to make a difference in your community and help build a stronger neighborhood? Become an active force locally as an activist. Create long-lasting changes in your community with the full support of NACA, one of the largest national nonprofit organizations fighting for economic justice. NACA's success is based on the active participation of over 2 million members advocating for affordable homeownership and economic justice. To learn more about NACA and how you can join a NACA to fight for economic justice in your neighborhood, visit NACA.com today. Do you want to know why NACA is the best mortgage in America? Let's hear why from NACA homeowners themselves. My name is Alicia Ford. Um, I purchased my home with NACA about a year and a half ago. I highly recommend it and it gives everybody a fighting chance at owning an affordable home with a mortgage that you can afford without some of the crazy lending practices that we know that are out there. To find out how NACA can make your dream of owning your home a reality, visit us at NACA.com. Are you tired of paying astronomical prices in rent? Do you think owning your own home is an impossible dream because you can't afford a down payment or have a bad credit score? Welcome to NACA. We're revolutionizing mortgage lending with the best in America mortgage. No down payment, no closing costs or fees, no PMI, no consideration of your credit score, and at a below market fixed rate. For more than 30 years, NACA has been in the forefront stabilizing communities through affordable home ownership for low to moderate income working people. To find out more information about NACA, visit us at NACA.com. That's N-A-C-A dot com. Do you want to know why NACA is the best mortgage in America? Let's hear why from NACA homeowners themselves. My name is Barbara Milan. I bought my forever home. I'm not planning on moving again. And it's all because of NACA. I wouldn't have been able to afford the home that I'm living in um, without the NACA program. To find out how NACA can make your dream of owning your home a reality, visit us at NACA.com. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, sadly, to NACA's American Dream Program. Anjanette, tell them, uh, first of all, Eric, it's we thank you. It's we, never we long enough. We appreciate you. Oh, my God. We just, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's just not enough time. Thank well, you so much for being here. Taking time out of your day. Anjanette, tell them where to find us. Last comment coming. Oh, you have one more? Okay. Erica called in. Eric, and she says, I am happy you guys are on here because these there is so much misinformation out there but you need to do more more of these sessions would help my life and livelihood is serious and thank you for taking my questions for real because it is real that's from erica wow i know you're about out but real quick comment i appreciate you erica and you're right there's a lot of misinformation so please go to naca.com yeah. go to um home buyer and use the purchase resources. You know, I know we don't like to these days, but read, 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 read the workbooks, read the materials out there. What's in writing is the right answer to your questions. Absolutely. And as always, you can find out about us, as Eric said, on www.naca.com. Keep the questions coming. We're always back here at 1-888-833, excuse me, 1-833-771-0500. And on our Facebook channels and social media, you can like us, love us, do what you want to with us at Facebook, the, the official page, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you know what? Uh, Damien, Eric, I do appreciate you guys. Have a blessed day. Remember, stay safe. Mask up.
Thanks for listening. NACA's American Dream Program is a production of the Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America, a national nonprofit organization fighting for economic justice through affordable homeownership and community advocacy. To learn more about NACA and our advocacy efforts, careers, NACA's Best in America Mortgage, or to join a NACA in your community, visit us at NACA.com.